This is the Money Seed Podcast, where we discuss all things investing, plain and simple, the way it should be. Please remember, this show is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is not intended to be investment advice. Welcome back to the Money Seed Podcast. He's Chris Ferguson. I'm Gabriel Stvore. And today we are going to talk about real estate investments and one of the properties that Chris recently invested in, or rather exited successfully. Uh, but before we get to the main topic of this episode, Chris, why don't you start us off with the quote of the day? So the quote of the day is by Ray Dalio, someone I follow, and I'd highly recommend all his books. Um, they're, they're phenomenal. So the quote of the day is, if you don't mind being wrong on the way to being right, you'll learn a lot and increase your effectiveness. But if you can't tolerate being wrong, you won't grow, you won't make yourself and everyone else, you'll make everyone else, you'll make yourself and everyone else around you miserable. So the gist of that podcast is really, you have to accept that no matter how smart or insightful you think you are, you're going to be wrong. And I think um, that, that it, in a roundabout way, it ties into that quote by um, Warren Buffett, where when the tide goes out, you see who's swimming without shorts or something to that effect. It's really as, as best as you can predict the market, you never know what's go- going to happen. No one really could have predicted the invasion of Ukraine. You no one really could have predicted COVID and all these crazy things that happen. So I think that really you just have to make your best get, make your best guess and um, hedge, hedge your bets. And But they're educated and you go from there. I think a lot of um, physicians and uh, lawyers, doctors, people, tradespeople who work, um, electricians make a very, very good living. I can tell you that because they're expensive, very expensive and, and, and very high demand. Rightfully so. They have like a, a very difficult job. Um, if you hedge your bets into a variety of investment assets, you'll probably do really well, which is the whole um, reason people will do index funds because you're really hedging across the entire market. However, if people were looking to retire on this date, um, 5-22-2022, probably kind of hard if you're looking to bank on your retirement funds because the whole stock market just kind of crashed. And I don't think a lot of people really expected that. Everyone expected to just keep going up and up and up. But if you're looking to cash out or start pulling your investment funds, this is not a good time. So um, to dive right into the topic of today, I'm talking about a refinance that I did, or a, uh, not a refinance, uh, an exit that I'm doing. So back in 2016, I bought a house for 210000 and Fargo at that time was appreciating really, really well. Um, the cash flow on that property, the property is renting about, I want to say, 1400 so the cash flow is not great for a house for 210 and it's renting for 1400. It doesn't even come close to meeting the 1% rule. But I bought it in a good area close to the hospital that was appreciating well. We've been lucky where we had really good tenants. Um, it's, a, it's a very, very nice property. We take very good care of it. We're very responsive to the renters. And in turn, they were all very good renters. So we held it up until um, up, up till a couple months ago. But the market was really, really good um, in huge demand. And for that, same amount of equity that we have in that house in where I'm living now, Wausau, Wisconsin, I can get two houses that cash flow um, the same, meaning I can get for that amount of equity being 
$60,000, which is what I put down on this property for that same amount of equity. I can split that between two properties and get um, the, the exact same cash flow per, per house. So um, the return, the, the cash on cash return will be better. How well it will appreciate. I don't know. I would anticipate Fargo continuing to appreciate really well because um, it has a strong economy. However, just like in the market today, you really know, you don't really know what will happen. Fargo is very flat. It could flood. Um, some sort of weird tax thing could happen. People would leave. So I don't really want to keep all of my investments in one area. So the actual numbers on this is the house was purchased for 210. We're exiting for about 250. We are getting probably about um, an upside of $50,000 in um, equity, which I know other people who are way more advanced with their real estate deals. So this is not a lot of money to advanced real estate investors, but we're still um, in that ramping up growth phase. But as far as time into this property, Kristen, my wife, she found it, bought it. So probably like, I would say a good week of solid work. And other than that, our property manager took care of really everything. And because it was a good, a really, it was a very new property, maybe like when we bought it five years old, it was a very new property in a good location. Very, very nice. And we were good to the tenants. We really haven't had many vacancies. I think we had maybe one month over the whole time. Um, it's worked out really well. Excellent. Any yeah. questions? Yeah, no, a whole bunch of questions. So, I mean, I think that's fantastic. And congrats again on a successful exit. So it sounds like, Chris, you owned the property for just about six years. Is that correct? So I w- that was when I just, st- and I'm still just starting in the scheme of real estate investing. So we didn't do anything creative, anything advanced. There was no renovation. It was a brand new property bought in a good area and we just bought it and we let it sit there and now we're exiting. Um, I'm going to reference the Get Healthy 360 podcast. And the reason that I'm referencing that is I remember interviewing a physician who I think he was a surgeon and I don't think he said that over his entire lifetime, he never made over $200,000, which is still a lot of money, but he never made more than that. Oftentimes he made less. Um, he had a very reasonable lifestyle. And he talks about this on the Get Healthy 360 podcast, but he just bought four properties, which in the scale of investing is not advanced. It's just, he just bought them. He didn't do anything creative or um, like any advanced renovating or anything like that. He just bought them, let them sit there for 20 years. And when he retired, he just lived out the cash flow, which, and he's making more now in his retirement than he has. Um, working as a doctor. That's incredible. And he also said that he bought a lot of those with no money down. So I referenced the money, not because he needed for the the pay down. He just, that was his lifestyle. He lived below his means, but he said that a lot of, he bought four apartment complexes, several of those, he didn't put any money down. He just did seller financing. Mm -hmm. Amazing. So relative to that, again, I didn't do any, like there was no renovations. There was nothing. I just like bought in a good area let it sit there. And now we're exiting. So this was a turnkey property when you purchased turnkey it. property. Yeah. And I think a lot of people shy away from that, but um, as, at that time I, I was still just sorting out real estate and um, not, no, nothing like no advanced financing, no crazy renovations, nothing, just turnkey brand new property in a good area. That's it. Very and, clean. And did you live in Fargo at that time? No, I was actually living in Wausau, Wisconsin at that time. 
But you lived in Fargo previously, right? But I lived in Fargo previously. So okay. I was, I, and I had other properties there. So I was already, I had the, I had an accountant set up, a property manager set up, um, a local real estate agent that knew the area really well. And Kristen's a real estate agent, but you need someone with local expertise. So mm-hmm. you really need a good agent that's that's used to working with investors. Yeah. And it sounds like you had everything ready to go because that's what you and I usually talk about, right? Is know the area that you're investing in. So you were very familiar with Fargo. You had a mm-hmm. team in place, right? So you had the property manager, the real estate, the, the accountant, every, every mm-hmm. all the people that you need to make this successful were mm-hmm. already in place in Fargo. So even though you didn't live in Fargo at the time, you were comfortable enough with Fargo as a place to invest in real yes. estate. Excellent. I think so, that local expertise goes a long way because I know other people who have bought properties in areas that look good on paper, but they don't know the local issues and, and they get burned that way. And did the property cash flow in Wausau? It oh sorry, in Fargo. In did the property Fargo, cash flow? It yeah. Barely cash flowed. It was cash flowing maybe like $50 a month. It was okay. not much. No, that, that's fine. That's still cash flowing. I mean, you weren't having to put money in every month out of your own. So I will tell you like the two or maybe two or three, one or two, I can't remember how many it was. It was like in the single digits of months that it was not rented or when someone moved out and then there's like, we had to clean it up and then someone else moved in. Like we really put a lot of effort into making sure it was a very nice property to rent. Um, Those months I did have to pay into it. Mm -hmm. So if you just look at the cash flow, I would say we easily could have been like slightly negative cash flow, but it made up for it for the mortgage pay down and the appreciation. Absolutely. So right now, if I look at the numbers that you mentioned earlier, right, which was in 2016, you bought it for 210,000 with Mm -hmm. 60,000 down. Recently, you exited, I believe you said for 250 Mm -hmm. and you were able to get $110,000 check back, right? That's a combination of the property appreciating and the mortgage pay down, right? So you almost So that's also counting the equity. So that we're about $50,000 up. That's so we're getting our initial equity back. Right. The mortgage. Yeah. The mortgage pay down and then the upside. Yeah. So basically one simple way to look at it is 60,000 went in and now 110,000 is coming out of the, of the investment. Um, I'll tell you compared to the like 401k plan I have, it's infinitely better. Absolutely. Well, not infinitely. It's a lot better. Absolutely. And, and, and if you think about it, that way, right? You almost doubled your money in six years. And mm-hmm. if an investment doubles their money in six years, that's more than 10% cash on mm-hmm. cash over that six year span, which is phenomenal. Um, looking back on this investment, do you have any regrets? Is there anything you would do differently? Um, com- so with this particular investment, I don't think there's really anything I would have done differently. It was a good learning experience. What but if I compare it to other properties I have bought where there were either foreclosures or short sales or a property that needs some work, you definitely get a lot more money out of those properties, but they just require a bit more attention and skill set up front. And if I would say it was good for me at that time, but I'm, I'm a little bit beyond that. I'm beyond that point at this time. Got it. Very good. And so another question is, if the property is doing well and it's cash flowing barely, or, or I mean, at least it's cash flowing, right? And it's appreciating, why exit now? What was the decision that drove you to exit that investment now? Um, so I think hedging your bets is a really good idea. And it's it's such a hot real estate market. And I don't really know what will happen with inflation and how things will go. So I'm hedging it where 
I am scaling back the properties that don't cash flow really strongly to getting other properties that cash flow really, really strongly, but I'll still keep other properties in Fargo. So um, I'll, I'll go with the appreciation in one area and cash flow in another area and balance it out. Nice. Well done. Okay. So then it sounds like you still have some investment properties in Fargo. I do. You have some in Wausau. Yep. Excellent. And then with the money that you just got from this deal, are you going to look to reinvest it in, in the short term or you want to sit on it to see what happens with the market? I will probably sit on it and wait until like the fall because there's always a dip. Like prices are always hot in the beginning of the summer and there was a dip in the fall. And there's always someone that really wants to sell um, and make a quick exit. So if you can facilitate someone moving, I mean, like I've been in that situation where I just had to move from one place to another place and um, someone came in and they gave me a lower offer that I wanted, but I need to sell my house. So, so I took it because if I didn't do that, I'd be in kind of a bind. So it worked out really well. So if I wait until the fall is kind of what I'm thinking, then I'll, I don't see it. The house value is going crazy, but if anything, they'll probably cool a little bit in the fall. Mm-hmm. And you're absolutely right. There's usually an annual sort of pattern or, or cycle to house prices, right? Like they tend mm-hmm. to peak in the summer and they tend to bottom out in the winter a little bit. I know COVID over the last few years has thrown that cycle out the window a little bit, but I think that cycle will come back as as a more normal life returns post COVID. So mm-hmm. yes, I, I would. you're probably right. Prices will be more favorable in the second half of the year than they are now. That's excellent. And again, Chris, uh, congratulations. It sounds like a great investment. And I think that's really all people can hope for when they invest in property, right? Is that you? your tenants are good. Sounds like they were. They didn't trash the place. Your house appreciated uh, over the last six years while you owned it. That's fantastic. It cash flowed, which is great. And you were able to exit successfully and got a good return on it from it sounds like. So it sounds like you you did really well on this property. Thank you. Um, and I'll be the first to say there's a certain degree of luck to investing. Some people have... Uh, best timing, a ton of experience. And then sometimes they're just not lucky. And sometimes you can be as blind as a bat, throw that dart and it hits the bullseye. That's, that's how it goes. Awesome. Um, what advice would you have if somebody is listening to this and they are considering getting into investment properties for the first time? And like you, they, they have that one property that they're looking at. It's in a nice neighborhood. They know the town, they know the area, and they're ready to take that leap and invest in their first property. What would you tell them? What I'm learning and getting my head around, and I'm looking to see what your thoughts are on this as well, is buy the property, run the numbers, but whatever the numbers come out at, just assume that you're probably, it's, it's not going to work that way. Like it just won't, weird things come up. Um, it just all, like any odd thing that happens, it will probably happen. So the, the best hedge against going belly up on this is you need a cash reserve. I know there are a lot of like zero down cash strategies and all these strategies that say you don't need any money, but really um, it's a lot, it will be a lot of stress if you get this property and you don't have the cash reserves. And then how do you make that payment? Because they're always foreclosure houses. And that means someone, I feel really bad. I feel like it sounds, I get there's capitalism, but I feel really bad every time there's a property that's going into foreclosure or there's a short sale or there's a business going under because it's someone who really bet and really thought this was going to work out and they miscalculated and then it goes under and being underfunded is 
I think a huge problem. So my advice to anyone who's just starting out is cut back on your expenses. I think people spend a lot of money on a lot of things that they don't need to spend on. Um, as a, on a personal loan, like we looked at how much we were spending on fast food. Like, like if as a family, we go to like Culver's, you just get four little meals. You're easy at like $40. And I'm talking just like a hamburger fries and a drink. It's pushing $40. And you do that regularly. That is a lot of money that you can be saving. And if you go in the right area, you can get a house for probably like $40,000, $50,000. It's a fixed rubber, but you need that cash reserve. That's my thought. What are your thoughts? That's exactly it, is look at the absolute worst thing that can happen, which is you have a tenant who doesn't pay or you can't find a tenant. But basically, when you have an investment property and you have to pay for every expense out of pocket, the mortgage, the property tax, the maintenance, the utilities, all that, if that's the worst case, can you handle it? Do you have enough income? Do you have enough cash in the bank? Can you do that for three, four, five, six months? If you can, that means the worst case scenario won't won't take you out. It's not going to have a huge impact on your life. It's going to have a small impact, but not like a life altering impact where you have to sell your primary residence or or move to a place where you don't want to move to or or you have problems, you know, paying the bills or whatever. Um, if you can look at your absolute worst case and live with it and sort of, sort of grind it out for three months or six months to overcome whatever situation you might have with a bad tenant or with uh, a roof or, a, or whatever issue you have that's preventing you from collecting rent, as long as you can deal with the worst case, you're okay. I would say then then you're in the clear, go for it. And then then you can take the risk. Then you can you can handle the risk because you can't escape the risk, right? And so you have to just accept, like you said, I mean, sometimes you hit the bullseye and sometimes you don't. And if you don't, are you going to be okay? Is your family going to be okay? If so, then do it. And I was comparing, uh, I was really doing a lot of reflecting over different types of investments. And I was looking at stock investing and 401k plans and they're fine, but you can't really control them and you can't get better at it. Like you just kind of put the market in someone else's fund. And I'm not saying that's a bad idea, but you can't really get better at it or influence it. But as I've noticed that the more educated you are and, and, the more you talk to other people who are, are good at real estate investing, you read books and listen to podcasts, you can dramatically increase your odds of financially doing well. And I think it it's a good thing because then you're really, what I've also noticed is it leverages your time. So yes, like we made $50,000 in the scope of like someone working nine to five, that's a lot of money. $50,000 is a lot of money. Um, if you're on bigger pockets and you see people investing, there are people doing these massive deals. So there's this whole spectrum. But the thing I like about this is that for the time I put in, so if I work my day job, I get X dollars per like time worked, like everyone, like most people with a W2, you get X dollars per time worked. We, between my wife and I put maybe like a week of solid work into this. And it was really just like, reading the statements from the property manager was like very straightforward. So that the dollar amount that we were paid per time put in was phenomenal. Plus we used, there was some upfront work, like there's reading about real estate, but once you have that knowledge, you can apply it to other things. So I feel like as you get better with real estate, you can leverage up your return on your time. Absolutely. Well said. And that's the, that's the basis of capitalism right there, right? Is that you can, have your money earn more money for you, right? 
And well, the upside to capitalism, uh, sorry, like the upside is you're, you're, you tend to be very well rewarded when you're right, but when you're wrong, um, you're kind of punished for it. <laughs> absolutely. That's absolutely it. Um, yeah. Well said, Chris. Well said. So once again, uh, thanks very much for walking us through the, the, the numbers on the property again, congrats to a successful exit and look forward to hearing more about, uh, your, your next steps. Thanks. Great, great, um, great conversation and great podcast, Gabe. Sounds good. Talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye.